Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am Chuck. Today we have a special episode because we have a musical guest that will be performing next week. Today we're going to chat with him a little bit. His name is Nick Delfs. He's based out of Boise. What else should people know about you, Nick? I don't know. Uh, Acoustic? I, I play an acoustic guitar. Yes. And uh, he rocks it. So you need to make sure that you tune into the YouTube video next week uh, to see him perform. It was great. And today we're going to chat with you about as soon as we stop that background music. Yeah, but that, nobody will actually hear that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit we'll, that part out. We'll cut that out and post. But not us talking about it. So we'll just be like, what was that even about? That's true. Maybe we can add a different sound effect in the background. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Let's try to remember that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm Elliot. I'm here as well. Yes, Elliot's co-hosting. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun to have you play in the in the studio. Yeah. Our little studio. I love your little studio. And you rocked it. Everybody's going to enjoy that next week, for sure. Uh, you usually tour solo? I have been for a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. But when I saw you last year at Tree Fort, you had an entire band around you. Yeah. That's a lot of flexibility as a musician. It's fun having a band when I can afford to pay them. Oh, yeah. right on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It comes down to money. It's, it's a good it's a good year. It's a good gig. <laughs> You're like I got the backup this time. Yeah. If not, it's the bass drum. Yep. And the in the acoustic guitar. Exactly. But we were talking about your drop D tuning. Yes, I some I drop the E to a D sometimes. Yes, and it fills in some of those lower end yeah. gaps when you don't have a bass guitar. Yeah. That's what I thought anyway. Yeah. So I agree. I concur. I like going down to D. Every once in a while. Do you ever tune it up? No. <laughs> no. no. All the way up. I'm so e That's why this... I, I, do, I do up F. <laughs> There's, it's called a ukulele. <laughs> if you're going to tune up your guitar, just grab a ukulele. Yeah, I, just, I just go down. <laughs> right uh, on. Should we get the plugs out of the way first? Let's get the plugs out of the way first. Do you have anything that you need to plug that's going to come up in the next like uh, month or so? Oh, um, in the next month or so... Knowing that right now it is January. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what? I, I know I have a Boise show somewhere in January, but I can't recall right now. That's okay. People should follow you on Facebook. Is that the best place or your website? Um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Cool. Some, yeah. Nick Delfs at Nick Delfs. Yeah. How many F's do you have in your name? Just Three? two. Okay. Through two. Okay. Two. So before you hit it the third time, <laughs> stop that, yourself. And then put an S. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Nick Delfs. We should you... talk about some, uh, we should share our opinions about some concerts. We... I think that would be yeah. fun because my brother and I like to talk about concerts that we've been to, surprise concerts. I'm sure that you have a lot of interesting stories on both sides of that, whether it's a concert you've attended and you've been pleasantly surprised or just a venue you've played at and something pleasant happened that you weren't expecting. But before we do yeah. that, we need to, we need to make sure we're, we're, we're voicing opinions, right? We are voicing mm. our opinions. Oh, we got a jingle for that. Sweet. Let's here, hear it. Here it comes. We, we actually heard like a little bit of it a second ago because I forgot to hit pause, but we're going to hear the whole thing again. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's yeah. cool. Was it was Un, unintended delay? <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right, who wants to go first? I I'll start. Okay, surprise! Like something like a concert that you were surprised by, and maybe like something that you like you you had low expectations, or maybe you were just not well, looking to go to a concert. Actually, Nick and I were talking earlier about how I'm from a little town in South Dakota, and so it was difficult 
to go see concerts. Mm. And I don't know how it was in Mendocino if you had to drive for hours and yeah. hours to go see live music unless it was people that you knew from nearby. Yeah. So um, I remember the first time I caught something, a show that I was completely blown away by was a band called Drums and Tuba. And this was in the late 90s. And since, you know, they don't, they're not around any longer. I was looking for them when I first got Spotify and they had completely disappeared. But it was a it was a tuba player, a drummer and a guitarist. And they looped everything. Everybody was through a loop system. Mm. And this this would have been, I want to say, like 1998 or 99. And the tuba player had an entire board of effects pedals. So he was playing like distorted bass lines through his tuba that were being looped. And then the guitarist played a guitar in his hands and then another one on a stand. So he was fretting two guitars with two, with both of his hands doing individual riffs while the, the the tuba player was playing (laughs) distorted bass lines. What was the drummer doing? The drummer was, he was drumming just like, (laughs) it was just normal drumming. Yeah. It was just, it was just normal drumming, nothing too flashy or surprising (laughs) there. But I thought, you know, two out of three ain't bad. (laughs) I mean, you need to have something normal going on at some juncture. Yeah, It'd be exactly. too much. Be yeah, too much. they maybe he, they tried to have him do like congas or something to add to that, and it went over the top or steel drum. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, nope, that's just too confusing. <laughs> we need something to hold us down into reality. Yeah, but yeah, it was very odd because you go into. Wait, where did you see them? I saw them in um, in the in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I think they were out of Minneapolis. Which Minneapolis, obviously, Prince, they have a pretty sweet yeah. music scene that's, like, ingrained in their mm-hmm. city. Um, and so I, I'm pretty sure that they came out of Minneapolis. It was in a tiny venue. It was, like, the the main theater in Sioux Falls. But then they have, like, these little, like, ancillary theaters that are attached to them. And so it was, like, in this one that had seating for, like, 45 people. Mm. But it was a theater environment. And it was some dude wailing on guitar and a guy playing a tuba like it was a bass guitar wow. synth and then, you know, just a regular drummer. But I like the tuba. Yeah. It's one of those instruments I forget about somehow. And then when I hear it on the radio, it's like mariachi or mm-hmm. something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is I know. And it doesn't cool get sound. it doesn't get used often enough, but it hits those low bassy yeah. registers and it works. I mean, all the dude did was put a distortion on there and it sounded like a distorted bass guitar. But it was a tuba. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> Plus, it you know it's it was also very awesome to see him dancing around holding a tuba. Yeah, because they were rocking it. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of tubas in a rock band. But I guess they went after that. They went into heavy metal, is what one of my friends told me. And then he quit, you know, trying to follow him, which was harder before the internet and social media and stuff. And then yeah. But anyway, so that was that was my surprising concert. All right, surprising one of them. concerts. Cool. <laughs> Do you have any you want to share, Nick? Yeah, I was thinking of one that I saw when I was a teenager. Uh, we drove down to San Francisco, um, which I was telling you was like three hours south from where I grew up, and uh, we would see shows. We, we remember seeing a lot of shows at the Great American Music Hall, <clears throat> and we saw um, Cat Power open up for. Um, the Dirty Three. Hmm. I don't know what year this was. But anyway, I just, I, I don't think I had heard either one. I was pretty young. And uh, and I remember um, Cat Power was really, really good. <clears throat> Blew me away. 
and and she had like a lot of funny jokes in between. Um, but then when the Dirty Three, so the Dirty Three, I don't know if you know mm. this band, but it's it's three. It's a drummer and a guitar player and a violin player. Um, it's instrumental. Um, but yeah, it just kind of blew me away. Uh, Warren, Warren Ellis uh, was the violin player, and I remember the the lighting they had. These like large, large shadows behind them, um, and they was just it was just wild. Oh, so they had like the whole like stage show and stuff. Well, I guess it was pretty simple. They just had low lights, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, like kind of like Velvet Velvet Underground uh, footage that I've seen. They had kind of have these like low lights. So they're these cast big. these big shadows. Ah, mm. pretty simple. Oh, that's cool though. But it was cool. But I guess the. Um, the part that was very memorable for me was not only was it this amazing show, but um, um, Cat Power, uh, or I, I forget her name, but you know the, the woman that goes under the name Cat Power um, was dancing to to the Dirty Three, and um, and like and she was trying to get other people to dance with her, but everyone was kind of stiff, and and I ended up dancing with her and. Um, just having a great time yeah. on stage. No, in the audience. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I started my career as a stage dancer. <laughs> Eventually, I made the lateral move into music. Yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. <laughs> All right, that sounds awesome. Yeah. San Francisco is such a cool area too. I I've never seen a concert there though. The, great American uh, music halls. Yeah, one of my favorites. I'm pretty sure that's where stand-up comedians film. That sounds very familiar. Mm. I'm, I, I swear I've seen a stand-up comedian special that was out of that venue. All but right. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Maybe they do lots of stuff there. <laughs> maybe. Well, there's, let's, let's, there's let's one, we got one on solid, the... let's, We have one solid thing and then a possibility that I've mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> we know that Cat Power and the Dirty Three played there once. Yeah. <laughs> I know and we're, we're also up in the air on whether or not there's been comedians filmed. But yeah, everybody can look it up online. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can do you I got go? something? Do you yeah, I want to go. I want to go. I want to okay. talk. Sweet. So sweet. you can f- go right after I finish this sentence. All right. Sweet. No. Okay, thank you. Um, I was waiting for you to say period. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think I was I, I was going to bring up another one, but I just remembered that I saw uh, when I was a freshman in college. Um, I went to school in Minneapolis, and uh, and I and I accidentally saw Andrew Bird before he was like really famous. You know. Oh wow! Because it was right before. Because I think his big record was like the was like the. The one about eggs or magical production of eggs. You know Andrew Bird music at all? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Because I remember he was like, it was like right, it was as he was coming up, and then he was just playing in this bar in Minneapolis, and he had like kind of a small following. And this one dude was like, oh, "Do you want to go see like a violin player?" And I'm like, "I don't want to see a violin player. I'm not. I'm cooler than that because I was in that phase for some reason. Because <laughs> like I don't know, there was like this weird thing in the early 2000s where like if a rock band had like any like classical instruments, you're just like, ah, you're just trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Screw you." It's all about guitars or whatever, you know. I don't know what that was. But anyway, so I was just like, no, I don't want to see it. And they're like, no, come on. Like, I don't have anybody to go with me. And then it ended up being uh, Andrew Bird. And it was really, really sweet. Mm. And it was just him by himself with uh, – it was it was him and just a drummer. And that's what it was. Mm. And then it was in a really small venue. And then it only became, like, retroactively, like, really sweet after he started playing, like, the Guthrie Theater all the time and, like, these big, like – these big theaters and mm. stuff, but I actually saw him and it was like in a bar the size of, I'm trying to think like maybe like two, like 
two of our houses like put together and it was uh, a really really awesome show and Mm. that was really surprising because i was like i don't like violin players even though that was a really stupid opinion to have but i was also 18 so i had a lot of stupid things that i thought you should just forgive yourself yeah (laughs) i'm really having trouble with that (laughs) 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 but yeah it was a really sweet show yeah i really enjoyed it and your bird yeah, yeah, he was really good. cool. He was one. Yeah, it was, that was the first time that I ever seen somebody like 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 competently use a loop station too. You mm-hmm. know, because I'd seen like uh, like a lot of like wannabe people like try to do it, but then they realize that's, it requires like a bunch of talent. That's to, the like, worst. Yeah, <laughs> seeing that fail. It's it's <laughs> like that's another instrument that you kind of got to figure out at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a really good steady sense of beat <laughs> if you're gonna. You know, yeah. If you're gonna lay down like a track for yourself and then try to like add to it, but yeah, it was uh, really, uh, it was really sweet. I really enjoyed. That. You actually reminded me of another concert that I had totally cut, forgotten about. What was that? Uh, Patty Larkin. Who's Patty Larkin? Do you know Patty? Do you know Pat, Patty Larkin? Uh-uh. She's a she's a folk singer, and she's this. Uh, when I saw her, it was I saw her in Des Moines, Iowa, and it was just in this tiny venue. And she brought out her acoustic guitar. She's got like like fiery red hair, and she just played and sang, and she nailed it. It was a super good concert, and it was definitely. I'm trying to think of another one that was better, where it's just an acoustic guitar and singing, and that's tough to do, Nick. Like <laughs> you understand, like how hard it is to get that full sound, you know. And it was super impressive. Mm. Patty Larkin. I don't know whatever happened to her. She does a song, Wolf at Wolf at the Door. I don't know if anybody's like, nah, oh. yeah, this is, this is she must have just toured the Midwest, but yeah, mm. it was, it was really impressive. So that one was another one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Do you have anything else that comes to mind, Nick? Uh, yeah, there's a few shows that come to mind. Have you ever, have you ever been surprised by a venue? Surprised by a venue. Where you had a certain expectation going in and it was not the same, either yeah. by the crowd or the venue itself. Yeah. Um, we had done, uh, my my old band, The Shaky Hands, had, we had done some shows with The Shins. Oh, okay. And we were playing these really big theaters and everything. And um, that was, I mean, just surprising and, uh, and uh, kind of, yeah, such an adrenaline rush. Um, but so, but then we ended up... Uh, we were touring through the Southwest and we were, um, we played Phoenix. I think it was Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the venue was, um, like designed for, uh, like a, like it was like a wrestling, uh, arena. They had like a circular, but they did music too. Um, okay. they had a circular <laughs> stage that but they kept the ropes up for the band. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they they must take, taking the ropes down, but basically the, the, the crowd, was so there's a circular stage and so the crowd is all around you and there was this kind of this bridge um ramp down to the stage um and i didn't know it um they didn't do this when we were sound checking but when we were playing um the stage rotated very slowly oh nice he played you're like, and this would have been good information <laughs> to know. It's like cords are like wrapping around yeah. your legs. And yeah. stuff. And they, they You're like, am all. I having a stroke right now? Or? <laughs> they had it all dialed in. I mean, I just, you'd be looking at one person in the audience and they'd be over there. So it's kind of bewildering. <laughs> but the most bewildering thing was that they had a giant screen and they're, you know, filming us. And so I just remember, you know, it was so overwhelming playing for that, you know, such a large crowd and, 
And so it was kind of had my head down and my eyes closed. And I remember looking up to like a big screen of my face, you know, mm. like just after being on <laughs> tour for a week and just, you know, just like up close, you know. <laughs> So that was really distracting. Um, Bright lights. But, but, was, but then the stage turned away from it. Or yeah. Was and, then, and then I kind of put my head down and then it was gone. Yeah. And that's when the stage stopped rotating. Yeah. <laughs> Get me off here. You know, you can move the cameraman. It'd be easier to move the cameraman than to keep rotating the stage. <laughs> Sorry, we only bought one tripod. <laughs> we don't want to like move this around. Turn, turn the stage on. Yeah, it was kind of a merry-go-round. That's merry-go-round. that's kind of cool. That's so that's a venue in what, Phoenix. Yeah. Like how many people did it hold? I guess a wrestling it would, it would be a lot. So it's like yeah, it was smaller than the other venues we were playing on that tour. I think, but I don't know how many. Mm. I'm trying to think, well, Phoenix has all the sports. Yeah, too, I guess so. But. Yeah, yeah. So would that be like? So wait a minute, you were playing with the shins. So would that have been like the the post like Garden State like that that era of the yeah? Band? It was it was kind of it was. I think the band stopped for a while. He did um, something else, um, yeah. Broken Bells or something like that. Yeah. So, um, it was right before then. Yeah, that at that period. So this was two thousand and what was it? Seven, eight? I don't know. Oh, okay. So it was after they're like, oh, yeah. dang. Yeah. Those would have been really big venues. That would have been terrifying. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was fun, but yeah, I mean, some shows it's like. I'd never get to that, you know, you get to this point, you know, at a show where you just start to relax and everything feels good. And does it, is it the, is there the, the show part too? And then also the duration of being on tour where you just keep doing it that helps to shorten that length? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or was it like every single, because sh- how long, when you go on tour, I mean, obviously that takes a while. Does it like, do you have to start? Does it take longer that first show to kind of get in that yeah, zone? Yeah, yeah. And then it's pe- yeah, it exactly. Trails yeah, off. yeah. yeah. I think good. I, yeah. I was stressed out for you for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that was a while ago though. <laughs> What's the longest tour you've been on? Um, so the 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 last tour that that band had went on was um, almost three months. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was the U.S. for a month, Europe for a month, and then. U.S. for almost another month. Dang. And that's the longest you've been on the road? Yeah. Wow. And then the band was just done. We <laughs> we got along fine, but it was just, you know, okay, we're let's do something else now. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Well, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about just, like, the times that we've just spent, like, a week, like, going to, like, a couple film festivals, like, in a row, and yeah. realizing that I could never do that. Like, yeah. I could never just constantly travel and not have, like, a home base, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For, like, long extended periods of time. Mostly because be. I'm kind of a degenerate drunk, so I think it would just mm. like I would slowly like cycle down the. That would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not home, you yeah, just want- yeah. It's just like, well, I guess I can just go to a bar. We can just all <laughs> hang out at the bar. We can go get. We can go party. It'll be fun. Yeah. You know, just there's always there would always be a reason to do that. Got nothing else going on. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna go hang out at a hotel. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> what's the, what's the longest you've been on tour solo? Hmm. Not too long. I think I've done two and a half weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you keep it a yeah. lot more brief and manageable. Yeah. No. Yeah, I like I like the short short tours. 
That's cool. Yeah. That seems that seems reasonable. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Yeah. More reasonable. <laughs> Hotels and stuff. That'd, that'd be wild. Yeah. And then sure. plus giant rotating stages popping yeah. up where you don't know. <laughs> don't even expect them. <laughs> Treacherous. The road. The road is hard. <laughs> right on. For sure. So you're working on any like more music? Because the last album you came out with was Redesign, right? And that was mm. that came out like a couple years ago, right? Or you? Yeah. yeah. It's Co- coming up. A couple years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So. What are, you, what are you working on in um, terms of new music and stuff? You know? I've been recording here in Boise yeah. uh, with an uh, engineer named Zach House. Um, and, yeah, we've been chipping away on a record. Um, I feel like at, at this point, yeah, it could be could be like my first double album or it could be oh, wow. an EP. I don't really know. We just – Oh, okay. I just keep going into the studio. I mean, I'm done. Like I've, I've recorded enough songs. Um, I always like to – if you know – or the last few albums, just record a lot of songs. Um, uh, and, and cause it's just, it's always nice to have a lot to choose from, you know? Mm. And, uh, and so there's just a lot of songs recorded and, uh, uh, we're, he's mixing some, I'm mixing some with him. And, um, and so, yeah, that should be coming out, um, in the fall of 2020. Oh, oh sweet. Wow. I'm I'm hoping. I I, okay. I just said that and I was like, oh, maybe it's not. <laughs> that's that's the the goal. The la- the label that I work with doesn't um, set any release dates until until everything is complete. You know, the album art's there. The okay. The, the mixing is done. So there's no variables yeah. that can get caught up in the. Yeah, works. I think it's smart because I've mm-hmm. I've worked with labels where there's just this this push. You know, the the, re- the release date's set. You know. Yeah. It's Almost. all of a sudden you don't you don't even know why. It's yeah, like, it's like okay, arbitrary. February, yeah. yeah, February <laughs> yeah, needs to be done. <laughs> we got to do it. Everyone's waiting. You know, and you're like a a smaller act, and there's you know, it's like, but I mean, it's good to have. Everyone needs deadlines, I think. But um, it's nice not to to rush. I mean, especially like album art and that sort of thing. It's really nice to not be be rushed. Yeah. So if you record a whole bunch of songs, what do you? What is usually how many of them do you keep and how many of you? Well, yeah, I was you, I was going to ask like a yeah. similar question, so I'm just going to interrupt yours. Yeah, um, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to hear from this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, are you one of those guys that's like really into the into like the like I guess like do you like think about music almost like architecturally like in in terms of like an album like are you thinking of like the shape of an album? You know what I'm saying? Like like where one where like one song like leaves off, it could like the next song should kind of pick up, or is it? Or do you not think that structurally, or, or do you think more mostly in terms of like the song itself, or do you think of both? I both happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, at a certain point in a, in the creation of an album, those kind of ideas come to me. Yeah. But originally, I just have a bunch of a uh, bunch of songs. Yeah. And I'm I don't I don't even know you know what's good and what's not good until yeah. until you know I just hear it and especially the way I've been working now you know I mean I I bring in other musicians but I'm. I'm starting the, I'm doing a lot of the instruments my instruments myself. So um, it's a lot of experimenting and rabbit holes, and uh, you know, um, kind of just don't don't really know where I'm going until I get there, kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just more like an emotional thing. You're just like that feels good. Yeah, let's yeah. go there. Yeah, impulsive. And not, not like an anal- <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. 
we kind of write similarly when we're like writing long form, like fictional stuff, like uh-huh. screenplays where it's just like, we write really broad and shallow first. Uh-huh. It's just like, we'll follow all these characters different ways. And then eventually something and then will just feel okay. In. Yeah. It's like, this one feels okay, but then you can't analytically like, under, like explain it to anybody. Yeah. You know, it's just right. like, well, it just kind of feels nice. Yeah. And then it makes talking about it kind of frustrating. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as we ask more questions. Yeah. As we ask more questions. It's just like, so how do you know if it's good? I don't know. It's kind of like, we get it. Yeah. yeah. You guys get it. You don't, you don't need to hear from me <laughs> oh, man yeah man i love music and writing for that reason uh you know you can be just impulsive and uh surprise yourself and i mean mm-hmm. i think that's why i i keep coming back to it and i'm so addicted to it it's a it's a journey of self-discovery yeah yeah and do you do you ever do stuff live in front of the audience to get feedback for what you feel is a song that you want to work on or you think it's good and you want, or do you keep that? Do you internalize that mostly and just listen to it processed a couple different ways or before you decide? Yeah. Um, I've done it all kinds of ways. Yeah. I mean, getting feet, playing something live is, is a, is a really, really good way to test a song. I mean, it's the ultimate way to test a song for me. Um, and things change. I mean, I don't, I don't like to practice my songs too much. I like to play a lot of shows, um, just because I don't really know what works until, until I'm doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I could sit at home and, and overthink everything, but it usually, usually kind of sucks the life out of the song if you do that and so. it sucks the life out of the audience yeah i mean have you ever have you ever seen a performance like that where it's just it's so overthought and yes and and just labored and it just yeah. stresses you out to, yeah just <laughs> when you're measure, watching like every every decision i won't mention any names here yeah <laughs> it's like i guess i'm supposed to clap along right now otherwise yeah. i might throw the whole concert <laughs> off yeah. so I, I try to avoid that yeah Makes sense. So the stuff that you're going to be playing or that you actually just recorded, but we're going to release next week, are these songs that are, are these newer songs? Is this stuff that we can. Oh yeah. It's kind of all over the place. There's, there's a couple new ones and a really old one. Okay. And a medium aged one, <laughs> a, mi- a midlife song, right a song on. in its midlife. Crisis. So there's this, there's a s- array, a selection <laughs> yeah. of all the different ages. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. Well, yeah. I think, uh, I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to sharing this next week. Cause it was a really awesome, it's really awesome. Like getting a concert for just yourself <laughs> in a room. I cool. realized. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. not just for you though. I know it's not just for me, but <laughs> it feels like it at the time. Yeah, you look especially right, when just... the lens cap was on. Yeah. But no, it's so cool though. So it's so cool. I'm really excited Thank to you. share this. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And That's... then uh, should we, should we end with a joke from a hat? Yeah. Let's end for, with a joke from a hat. Would you like to read the joke from a hat, Nick? Or Sure. Okay. Right. Whoa, we got whoa, a we jingle. Got, we got a, we got the jingle first. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. We can't jump the gun. This is. There's a process here. This is very, this is rehearsed. <laughs> All right, here it comes. Take a joke from a hat when you read it, a bet that you make someone laugh. It's a joke from a hat. All right. All right. You can select any one of here the joke go. in there. There's nothing more lame than a headless hat until polio makes a comeback. Oh, that's really... That's a vaccination joke. That's really a bad one. (laughs) 
It's so bad. Don't forget to vaccinate your children. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, this has been Treasure Valley Podcast. Thank you so much for visiting visiting us today, Nick. Uh, Thanks for co-hosting, Elliot. Uh, You can check us out at www.treasurevalleypodcast.com. I'll repeat it because I stumbled over my tongue. www.treasurevalleypodcast.com. And you can check out the live performance on YouTube, the video for that at www.lowergentrystudios.com. Peace.